Folks, I'm also excited to announce that this podcast is brought to you by RX Bar. You've heard me talk about it in the show, um, but now it is official. So this episode is brought to you by the company I work for, RX Bar. Uh, if you haven't heard of us, you know we make most we're most well known for making protein bars with core ingredients right on the front. So you might have seen them before. They have the amount of egg whites, you know, nuts, dates. Uh, all the information of our core ingredients right there on the front of the packaging, uh, simple ingredients and um, bright colors is really the way I always like to explain it to people. Um, they have 12 grams of protein made with real simple food. We have indulgent chocolate sea salt, rich peanut butter and chocolate and tasty blueberry. But those are only a few. We've got thousands. No, just kidding. But with 17 flavors, there's plenty to choose from at rxbar.com. Rx Bar, simple good. And that's that's the uh, ad they wanted me to say. But I also wanted to go a little bit off the script. Um, you know, I've been at RX Bar now for almost three years. I have been, you know, into the health and wellness space for a while. And when I stumbled upon RX Bars for the first time, it was one of the, you know, first brands that I ever came across where they actually put the shit on that's in the packaging, the food you eat on the front. And, you know, after working there for three years, getting to know the founders, uh, you know, the executive team and working closely with all of them, um, it's it's really true. You know, the last main core ingredient we put on the front is no BS. And obviously, we all know what that stands for, but it's true. It's it's the way we operate as a company. We are very transparent and we don't lie about what we do and we don't lie about what goes in the food. So for me, it's been an amazing journey working at RX Bar, and I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast. So, you know, everything in the RX Bar has a purpose, and that's something that I think really resonates with me. I mean, our egg whites are for protein, nuts are for texture, dates are to bind the bar, and everything is in there for taste. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast, Simply Finance with Shane White. Um, this has kind of been a dream of mine to finally start this and I'm and pumped to have their support. So everyone, if you want to check out, um, rxbar.com, I will add the link in the show notes. And of course we don't have just bars at this point. We have got lots of delicious and healthy products, including minis, which are smaller versions of our adult bar. We've got kids bars. We've got layers bars, which, uh, are this decadent combination of an RX bar with nut butter. Um, we have nut butters, uh, which come in single serve and multi serve, uh, and we have oats. So all of them come with simple ingredients. Um, they have, you know, the core ingredients on the front. It's it's the main component of our packaging and really the way we go to market. So would love for you guys to check it out. If you want to check out any of our products, you can go to rxbar.com and, and use code REALFOOD, R-E-A-L-F-O-O-D, 20 for 20% off all online purchases. So thanks, RxBar, for being a part of the podcast, and our show will be up right after this. Hello, everybody, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Founder Series. Today, I'm pumped to have Spencer Altschul on the podcast. He is the CEO and co-founder of Wet Beverages, and he goes all into the product, and I will let him do most of the explaining, but it was a fun opportunity to talk to a founder of uh, you know, basically a, a very young beverage company in the CPG space. Um, some of the founders and companies we've had on here have been a mix of you know, kind of fresh out the gate, and then a few that have you know been around for a little while. And Spencer 
and wet beverages is definitely on the side of an earlier stage startup. So fun to have the conversation with him and just talk through what it's like going from zero to one, kind of the root of the founder series. So without further ado, give it up for Spencer Altschul. All right. Well, thank you for everyone for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today, I am pumped to have Spencer Altschul on the podcast, who is the CEO and founder of Wet Beverages. So Spencer, thanks for joining the show. Thanks so much, Shane. Thanks for having me. A big fan of what you guys have built with RX Bar and especially what Peter built. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll dive into you know all sorts of stuff in in uh, food beverage today, but would you like to give everyone kind of just a little download into your background and, and how you started Wet? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wet came about in that in 2018 actually. Uh, that's when we founded the company. The company was actually in the beginning a cold pressed juice line. Oh, okay. Uh, we were cold pressed juice. We we built it in Cerritos, California. That's where we had our first co-packer. It was funny because it was kind of at what I felt was the tail end of cold pressed juice. You know, it was okay. a massive, uh, you know, vibrant industry. At, at what I felt when I first got in was, was super vibrant and then it was a, a great time to get in. What I found was, one, it was a logistical nightmare. Oh, you know, okay. You have to keep the product cold and the product has to, you know, go through HPP, which is a, a high, process, high processing pasteurization, I believe. Okay. Which is, you know, the, the product goes from your co-man to the HPP facility. It's got to remain cold the entire time. We were trying to do like a, like an e-commerce thing. And when you, when you just, when you try to look at that and, and you see how much you're spending and how much your customers have to spend just to enjoy your product. Right. I, it just kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, this is, this is kind of a logistical nightmare and, and I don't know how scalable it is. Got and it. maybe if I had got in super early, you know, then you have the time to kind of figure that out. But because I was so late to the party, I, I had to, you know, kind of really figure it out quickly. And in 2019, we, we shut down, uh, rebranded, complete rebrand. And I wanted something that was more scalable and shelf stable. Got it. Okay. Nice. So, and what is your what is your background as far as before that? Did you? I, I think I looked online. You did you go to you were you were obviously in college, and then is this the first thing you've done since college? Uh, so kind of. Uh, I went to uh, Washington State out of Got high it. school. Nice. Um, okay. It was a little bit of a culture shock for me, coming from you know the city that you know is available twenty four seven and right. Yeah, for everyone listening, because you, you're based out of Vegas, you're from Vegas, so yeah. So uh, yeah, when I went to Washington State, it was just kind of a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, I was I was at Washington State for, I believe, one semester, six okay. months. Um, I struck a deal with my dad. If I got straight A's, he'd let me come back. Oh, nice. To Vegas or transfer. Uh, okay. So I ended up transferring to USC, which was you know my dream school growing up, and. I was, I was excited to be there. Great entrepreneurship program. Yeah, definitely. And while I was there, I had gotten approached with an opportunity to open a restaurant in Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the restaurant group was based in Aspen and Denver. 
and they had said, hey, we, we really want to uh, open a, a restaurant in Vegas. And we've heard that, you know, you, you might be uh, be, you know, beneficial to us. And so I ended up coming back to Vegas. I actually got my degree at UNLV. Okay. And, and two months after I graduated, we opened the restaurant. And it was kind of like during that time where wet kind of started. So that got was kind of, so during that rebrand from 2018 to 2019, I was kind of in the food and beverage space in the restaurant and then graduated and, and what kind of came back along that, you know, right along that time. And it's kind of, that was kind of my first in. So it was kind of always food and beverage. Right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So how did you, is that something you always wanted to do as far as open a restaurant or is it more of just a golden opportunity or like, I'd love to learn a little more about that. Just like how yeah. you got into that. Yeah. I think I, I've always been um, excited by, uh, you know, kind of like innovation in the, in the restaurant space, you know, okay. that, that type of experience where, and it was kind of right in that time where you have, you know, restaurants that are kind of becoming clubs. So you have like clubs and restaurants all in the same place. And it was becoming more of like an experience and a vibe where, you know, you go for dinner and you end up staying there, you know, all night until you leave. And oh, got it. It was kind of an interesting time with, you know, restaurants like Catch, you know, coming up and Beauty in Essex and in LA and Vegas. And it's just kind of a, a, something I wanted to get into. And I had an opportunity and I kind of took it and it was exciting. Wild. And are you still involved with the restaurant or is that? I'm, I'm 100% wet full time. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, I you know, it was relieved of my duties. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot and maybe down the line, you know, hopefully I get back into it sometime soon. Got it. Yeah, no, love it. And then thank you for sending me some. So I actually have one of them here. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the the branding. Um, they're delicious. So obviously we can jump into that. I mean, that's that's your main focus right now. What was, so you you did the cold pressed juice and then like looking at the packaging and I've, I've had it, they're delicious by the way. Um, what was the thought behind like, all of the, the key like dietary components of this and just like wh what and how this is made up. I'm just curious of like how you came yeah. to fruition with the product. Absolutely, I'll actually grab mine and talk through it. So the, the entire product that I had in, in my head with branding was to do something unique. And I, I wanted to make sure that we had a full shrink sleeve on the bottle. Okay. Branding to me was something that was super important. And, and I wanted to make sure that when a consumer is walking, you know, the grocery store or looking for a drink, they at least have to, you know, touch mine. Okay. And, and then they have to make that decision, you know. Got might, it. You know, so you wanted it to be kind it. of like a, a shock factor of just like you see it on the shelf and it stands out and you like want to look at it. Like, what, wait, what the hell is that? Right. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted, you know, someone to grab it and be intrigued by just the packaging. And okay. then if I had it in their hand, I knew I would win when they look at the nutrition facts. Got it. Okay. Something healthy. I had them on the first, you know, the initial look. And then when they, you know, just like everyone's doing now, you grab the package, you turn it around, you look what's in it. And I wanted to make sure that I was zero calorie and zero sugar. Got it. Okay. Zero calorie and zero sugar. So that was like the key components that you were really worried about. Right. Got it. Okay. There, and it was, it was, there's a lot of people who are, you know, super successful in the industry right now who are doing, you know, close to 30 grams or 25 grams of, you know, organic sugar, cane sugar. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was more about, I, I really wanted to achieve zero calories, zero sugar, and still have a smooth light taste. Got it. Okay. 
And then would you consider this, like when I first tasted it, um, me and my wife both tried it and I was like, yeah, it almost tastes like I'm drinking water. Instead, it's not like, like some, like, would you consider it like it's a hydration drink? Do you tell people it's like, it's a water? Cause it's not, it's obviously not like I have a LaCroix here too. It's not a, it's right. not like carbonated. So it's, I, I liked it. It was very different than what I've like kind of been drinking lately. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked with uh, a lot of beverage experts and they've actually um, coined our phrase, which is a premium functional hydration beverage. Love it. Okay. So, like that. Yeah, I think it was actually BevNet. So shout out to BevNet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Bet. Shout out to BevNet. Very cool. And you guys, um, you guys, like I'm trying to read this. So you, you is the, it's also like for electrolytes. And then I love, you guys have like very cheeky, like uh, advertising kind of on the side or just like ex- explanations of the flavor. Yeah, Do you want to talk about that at all? And like what the strategy behind just the branding yeah, is? For sure. I mean, my, my main focus when, when doing this, um, you know, and as we continue to talk more, I'm sure you guys will figure that out. But it was really just branding. You know, okay. I really yeah. to make sure that it was branding first. Yeah. I knew that we were going to be able to create a, a great product with a great team of, you know, food scientists and flavor scientists. So really I'm like, I, I want to stick out on the branding side. And I, I, I felt that with the name wet, I really wanted to get away from the connotations that sometimes comes with the brand. You know, I, okay. I tell someone oh, the name's wet and, you know, they got a, a ton of jokes that, that fall. Sure. Yeah. You know? And so right. I really wanted to make sure that it, it really became wet hydration because when you throw the hydration in there, it, it has a different element of, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And that sounds like a great name. Yeah. Right. So as much as I wanted to get away from it, I also wanted to make sure that we threw in other elements that create that, that branding, that lifestyle that people can really connect with. Sure. Yeah. And so the, the, the slogans on the side, like on the red one, we've got, you know, water, never heard of her. Yeah. Originally this drink, this, this formulation, we called it water 2.0. Oh, okay, cool. And so that's where kind of the water never heard of her came. We wanted to simple it, simplify it and make sure that it was never, you know, we never played with water. We never made people think like, oh, this is going to taste like water. So we right. kind of did away with the water 2.0 and just kind of gave the flavor. But I really do think it's a water first taste. Yeah, it is. Flavor in the back. Yeah, exactly. Which is, as I think is very refreshing. I, like I was drinking one on the, on the way to on a drive yesterday and, uh, and loved it. Um, very cool. So how, and so can you maybe dive in a little bit to like the name? I mean, you just hit on it briefly, but like, how did you, how did you come to that? And I'd love to know that process of like how to name this type of product. Cause it's, it's new and it's different. Of course. Uh, you know, to begin, it was, it was actually called velvet was the name that I came up with. Okay. And I was telling my mother about, you know, the, the name and I finally came up with the name and my mom just gave me that look that she was growing up and she's like, I just don't love it. Yeah. Okay. I I said, all right, well, I like it. We're going to run with it for now. And I thought for a cold pressed juice, you know, velvet, you know, it's too super smooth. But my mom was like, it's not going to, you know, I don't see that scaling. Okay. That I'm like, okay. All right. So then she, we went back to the drawing board and my mom called me, I think in the middle of the night and she's like, "I, I found it. Really? Oh, your mom just like thought of a name? Yeah, my mom found it. Oh, that's hilarious. That's cool. 
my mom called me in the middle of the night. She's like, I found it. And she called, she called wet beverages. Okay. Um, wow. Next morning, dove into it, bought all the GoDaddy accounts, filed the trademark and called it a day. And there you have it. That's wild. Okay. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Cause I, yeah. I, I've said it on here before, I think, but, uh, it's funny because my mom was actually the initial reason I even like found RX bar. So it's funny to, hear. yeah, she like, I, we, me and my wife were looking to move to Chicago and she, she had eaten them before and she looked on the back of the wrapper and just saw they're based out of Chicago. So she like introduced me to, to it, which is just so funny. Um, yeah. It's funny when, you know, that's the funny story when moms help kind of like pivot and do the, do the next thing. Um, so how, how big is the team? Like, can you give me a little more background into wet? You're focused on it full time. Would love to just know a little more about like where you guys are at and, uh, and kind of like the current state. Yeah. So in late 2019, when we came back, this is, this is where the story actually kind of gets interesting. Okay. Uh, we had, I had a completely different bottle. I had a, a honey bottle. I really wanted to stick out and make sure on the shelf I was completely unique. So I found a honey bottle that I could transform into a beverage bottle. And it actually looked like, like a honeycomb. It had oh. ridges on it. We still did a shrink sleeve complete top to bottom. It was definitely an interesting bottle. I don't think there's any beverage company that is actually using it okay. at the moment. And so we, we went with that bottle. We had a complete design. We had this kind of the same product. But we, we, had our, we had everything laid out, ready to go. And I got a phone call in 2019 from a buddy of mine. He said, hey, we're doing a kind of like a product party in Venice. You should come. There's a, you know, a great opportunity. It was actually being hosted by the owner of Dream Pops. Oh, so cool. Oh, so just young brands could like all bring their products together. Yeah. So we, I did that. And, and I was, I, I, of course, I said yes, but I didn't have a product. I had nothing ready. Oh, nice. And, uh, I just had all the ingredients. I had my shrink sleeves. I, the bottles weren't shrink sleeve. And I, I looked at my COO and I said, we got to do this. So we, we called a buddy of mine in Vegas who has a coffee, uh, FDA approved little small coffee lab. Went in there and actually made all four of the drinks ourselves. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, that's funny. And it was, uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting time. It was, it was super, yeah, I, I, I'd always kind of wanted to do that just so okay. I really could connect with my product and know exactly how it's being made and what goes into it. Right. And, you know, I'm not a flavor scientist. I'm not great with numbers. So it was really a, a, a challenging uh, <laughs> time, but we ended up getting it right. We, we had to do a couple flavors probably three times. We made about 1,500 drinks. And oh, that's a ton. Um, just yeah. on your own? Yeah, just by hand. Oh, <laughs> wow. We hand filling, you know, putting on the caps. I had to beg someone in town to put some shrink sleeves on for me. And Wow. I mean, do you, that's a cool story to kind of even dive into deeper. I mean, I can only imagine if you're someone in the CPG industry, like knowing, yeah, knowing what goes into your product. I have to think that's probably paid dividends even since then Absolutely. on just – yeah, just uh, maybe give it a little bit into that because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, going from not making your product to then having to like force make it quickly yeah. for a big event that probably has lasting effect. Yeah, and we, we were looking at, you know, during that time before I got that phone call to do the party in Venice in California, I, we had been looking at, you know, different types of co-man facilities. Co okay. And it, it just so happened that, you know, there's no way you, 
you get a co-packer to do something in a week. You know, there's a massive setup. So sure. Oh yeah. It takes a long time. Right. It was either, you know, we go fill this ourselves or, you know, we don't do the party and we probably miss an opportunity. Right. And that's, you know, going in there, I mean, we, my, it was just me and, and my COO and, and we had you know, all the equipment that you'd use to make the drinks. Uh, it was, a, we had a scale, we had the ingredients, we had, you know, bottle cleaners, we had, we had a forehead filler okay at the time i'm like oh this is gonna work great and it, it really did not work okay yeah we ended up you know buying like the gatorade you know the big jug of gatorade that you push the button and you yeah fill. we were hand filling i think i think i did the math on it. i think it took 18 seconds to fill you know <laughs> yeah so oh, that's funny a long time and but, but it's great because you know i knew exactly how my product was made i, I knew exactly what my co-man goes through now. Yeah. And, and it really did pay dividends because we did, we ended up going to the party with all the products. Okay. The, the products were hit and you know, it was, a, it was our, our MVP, you know, it was our minimum. Yeah. At, right. At the core. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we came back from that trip, I mean, the feedback was really good. You know, people were, you know, drinking it and I would, you know, I would just kind of walk around the party. Wouldn't say anything, you know, I'm, I'm associated with the company. I would just kind of watch, people's responses okay and a lot of people's responses were you know they drink it take it and they look at it and i'm like oh they're looking at it that means they really like what they taste and, then, and they've never heard of it yeah right so when we came back it was kind of like okay you know we had good feedback we can either you know go on with this product but we can't it's not scalable and it's definitely not feasible to keep doing this by hand right yeah <laughs> out of the gatorade container that's tough <laughs> and we had you know we we had this this kind of time to really contemplate you know do we go hot fill do we go aseptic and i said you know we have we have a ton of product left that we handmade let's yeah. start let's start giving them out and just kind of get feedback love and, it yeah right you know before we really decide hot fill or aseptic or cold or any of these type of fill like let's just see i mean we had a little bit of a small sample size let's see if everyone else you know agrees yeah and you know, during that time, I got a meeting with one of the largest beverage distributors out here. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. And we went into the meeting and it was one of those things where you can tell that they see, you know, the top brands and brands that are ready to go. Yeah. And, and sure. in that meeting, I felt like, you know, they really thought that we made it ourselves, which we did, but I could tell that they were, they weren't on board. You know, they were, they were definitely like you, you, you come back in about two years. Got it. They wanted you kind of to prove it a little more. Yeah, but I really liked that feeling and, and all the doors that were going to be opened by a distributor. Right. And I think I kind of, I, I think, you know, part of my competitive spirit and growing up playing sports, I'm like, I, I want a distributor. You okay. know, I want someone when I walk in that they take me more seriously and, and you know, I made this myself, but I was super proud of it and I was yeah. hungry back then and my CEO, I reached out, we talked the next morning and he said, you know, what'd you think of the meeting? And I said, I think we need a distributor. You know, I think, I think that's our next step. I think Got it. We, we have the product, we'll, we'll smooth that out, but let's try to get a distributor. There's a distributor that had just moved to Vegas and they're actually out of uh, Elk Grove. Or Elk oh, Village. yeah, that's close to me. Yeah, Norman Distribution. So they had just moved, they just moved an office to Vegas. They, they just moved dual offices and I said, we need a meeting with Norman. And my COO went, did some digging and he came, called me two hours later. He goes, you're not going to believe it. I said, what's up? He said, I went to undergrad 
with the president and CEO of Norman. We were, oh, that's hilarious. We were one year apart and uh, I, I can reach out. I have some mutual friends. He reached out, we had a meeting and he said, look, CPG space is super tough. I'm, I'm out in Vegas in two weeks. If you want to bring your product by, I'm happy to do so, but just letting you know that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take every product I see because it's such a tough industry. Yeah, sure. Walking to the meeting with the product that we had made ourselves and, you know, handmade. And the first thing, you know, the, Ryan, the CEO of Norman said is, I like it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good first start. After that, he said, look, I, I think that this product, I think the name, I think the branding needs some work, but I, I think we have something here. Okay. Wow. We ended up partnering with him two weeks ago. Oh, congrats. Two, two weeks after that. Oh, meeting. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty crazy because if we had not made the product ourselves, we wouldn't have went, we would have, we would not have went into the meeting with anything. Yeah. Okay. So we went from making product ourselves to, you know, locking down a distributor. And from there they helped us with manufacturing and, and everything else. And we went the hot fill route and here we are. Oh, wow. Okay. So you went from, yeah, you basically went from no product and no process to shit. Let's do this quick. Let's make them by hand for this party, but then turned into a distribution deal. So that's pretty wild. So you, so essentially once you became partners with this Norman distribution, sorry. um, At that point, are are they like, uh, are they holding a big interest in the company? Like, are they, are they holding equity and they're like a big, they're a big seat at the table and they're like, basically yep. part of the board yeah got so, it okay yeah we did a we did a deal with them it's a performance deal tiered on um performance on a yearly performance got it okay sweet so then at that point so you guys kind of went i would say like from what it's i've had a, quite a few people on here now in the cpg space right this is a totally different route than i would say the norm no, no pun intended um then I've heard like, I mean, a lot of people these days, I would, I would say are, you know, they start with e-com and they kind of prove it through e-com route and then they try to get into retail and I know beverage is so different. Um, but could you maybe explain a little bit of that? Like it sounded like you guys kind of had the perfect things line up for this deal. Is that now, like, I guess I'd love to know like, what's, what's your strategy now? Cause once you get with a distributor, is it then a little bit up to them to get you on shelves in stores or how does that, how does that process work? Yeah, definitely. I, I think for us, um, you know, we, we definitely wanted to go the e-com route first. I think at the beginning, e- e-com is, I think in anything that I've ever looked at, any business I've ever looked at, any opportunity, you know, e-com is always that place where it's like, okay, I can scale as much as I want. Right. On- you know, as much as people are buying my product is how much I can scale and how quickly I can scale. And I think that's, that's attractive to a lot of business models. Right. You, know, you don't have to go the retail route. You don't have to deal with the distributor. You don't have to deal with anything. You can just put the product on there, you know, do some marketing and, and hope that it starts to it gain some traction. And the more traction, the more double down and, and you start to kind of go that way. When I did get a distributor, I, I kind of switched my mindset. Okay. I thought if I can get on a retail shelves, then people try my product and people can get in and try my product at two ninety nine, which is on which what, what it costs on the shelf. Okay, that was maybe another question. If they like it, you know, then maybe that leads to an e com sale. Because it's it's very hard what I found when I did when I did launch e com on the cold press juice and everything, it's it's pretty hard to get someone to buy a product online, especially yeah. if they've never tried. Yeah, for and, sure. And that is a, a detriment 
in, in my in my eyes to some companies is when you're early on, you want that e-com so bad because your margins are great on e-com and they're much better than they are in retail. Right. But when I looked at it again, I'm like, I want to get on retail shelves first. If I can get on retail shelves and I can prove the product at two ninety nine to someone, that person might not want to, you know, drive back to that market and then they're ordering online. And now yeah. when they order online, now they're telling someone, Hey, I tried this product. It's really good. You can buy it online. Once you kind of get that validation, you have someone like really say, Oh, I vouch for this. Yeah. Then it's a little bit easier to get, you know, to get people to your website. Got it. Oh yeah. I, I, I feel that that's especially I think in the beverage space, I don't know about you, but I know, I mean, I know myself, I don't, I don't buy any beverages online. Not that it's not that I have anything against it, but I do tend to buy all of my, like, I mean, I even like LaCroix I get at the store or I get on at Costco. I mean, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. Um, Especially but, when it's a new product that you want to try. Yeah. No one really wants to spend, you know, 17 bucks to try something that they, they may or may not like. Right. And you might, you might get some, but it's a lot it's a lot easier when you have someone vouch for it saying, Oh, I tried this in stores, two ninety nine. I think you'd like it. Now you want to go explore. Now, now you already have that leg up from someone who hasn't tried the product, you know, at all. Right. That's interesting. One thing I, we really haven't talked on here in the, on past episodes, I'd love to get your perspective on because at RX, I, I, I lead revenue management, which is, you know, pricing, trade spend, all that fun stuff. Right. How did you, get to 299 and like what went into you deciding like that's kind of where you want to sit at on shelf yeah i i think 299 was we still get feedback that's a little bit high and okay. we're still early on so you know we're we're in a, about 75 stores awesome between, between yeah Chicago and vegas and so i you know i i think we're probably still in beta yeah with the 299 uh, we, we've been moving really, really well at 299. And I, I think for us, it was a, I've tried to kind of place this product between, you know, coconut water, Perrier's, and then buy. And oh, yeah. when you kind of get that landscape, you have really high, you know, 350, 354 for coconut water. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Perrier, you got sitting around a dollar, dollar 50. And then buy, you got a dollar 99. So it's just, it was kind of like, where, where's the sweet spot? And Love it. And there's actually, those are good, like a th- good three to like have in my mind. Now that I just drank this, yeah. I'm like, that actually, that's perfect. That does kind of fit right in there. That's a good call. So that's kind of where we, where we try to sit on the shelf. And I think it's more about, you know, placement versus pricing. Yeah. And in a way, I think if you're placed in the right slot in the grocery store or in the market or gas station, you know, you'll, you'll have at least hands, you know, can in hand picking up the product. Right. Once you have that, if, if the ingredients match and they can justify the price, then I, I think you start to see what's actually working and what's not. And, you know, if we start getting, you know, slower sales and I'm sure we'll try figure to out the price. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. You, and so you said at the beginning, you working with Norman distribution, um, I know, yeah, Chicago and Vegas offices. I'm assuming that's why those are the two markets you're starting in right now and you're, you're in 75 stores. Yep. Between yeah. Chicago. Okay. And then what, like for Chicago, for example, we have a lot of listeners from Chicago. So what are, what are some um, retailers that you guys are in now? We're in all of the, let me get this list for you. I actually wrote them all down for you. 
the big ones in Chicago, we have all the potash markets. Oh, nice. Yeah. All the South, South Loop markets and then Bucktown market. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'll go head on to those. Very cool. And, um, have you, uh, I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't know directly if it's impacted. How has COVID impacted a lot of this? I know for us, even like we just started in the Canadian market a couple of years, like a year and a half ago. And so a big, big strategy for us has been bars in hand, which is like impossible right now. Is that something that's been detrimental or a difficulty for you guys just getting like, just trying the product to your point is so important when you're early on. And if you can't sample as much, how has that worked for you guys? That's the, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, the demo is in-store demo is what we were really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, I'm happy that we didn't launch, uh, you know, launch as, as quick, as quickly as I wanted to. When you're going okay. through a rebrand, you know, it's like, you're just like, I, I just want to do this. You know, I just, yeah. I, just, I just want to put this out there. You get to a point where you're nine months in, you're like, all right, well, let's do this. Right. I'm happy that, you know, Norman and they kind of talked us, you know, through it. Like, hey, look, you know, our, our product on shelves is declining because of, you know, what's going on in the world. And, right. you know, I talked to a lot of my CPG buddies, you know, big companies, small companies, you know, medium, and everyone was going through the same thing. Got and it. Yeah. I think demo really hurts us because, you know, I would love to stand outside a store and, you know, bring it, bring out your receipt and I'll give you, you know, free tool or I'll give you, you know, a coupon. Yeah. And at least, at least get someone to be able to see it and try it. But I think now it kind of opens up another opportunity to, you know, marketing and, and, you know, e-com was definitely not on our radar um, for probably, I think in our, our first projection, probably three to six months, we were going to just do stick to retail and get feedback and really iron out the product and then go and build, you know, a great e-com platform. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the feedback really early on has been great. And I think with COVID, it's like, okay, let's maybe let's try e-com, you know, faster than we thought because that is maybe a way to get, you know, can in hand. Right. And, you know, doing, you know, you know, we're going to, we're going to do some, some cool stuff that I haven't seen beverage companies do yet with COVID and nice super innovative and do a lot of, you know, maybe virtual demo. Okay, cool. Try to, you know, try to reach out to customers on, on our social and use social to our advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's a huge, I mean, it just seems like that's like a big playground right now that could be for, especially for a new brand. Right. Yeah. As as much as it kind of goes away from, you know, what I said about, you know, getting people in stores first and then translating that, I think early on we saw that, you know, I saw a lot of, uh, when I would go talk to the markets that we're in, you know, they would say, Oh, I, they came to the register saying, Oh, my friend sent me in here because they tried it. Right. Okay. This is, this might be working, you know, maybe quicker than I thought it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what is your, what's your plan then? I guess now that, you know, kind of COVID's happened, the Norman distribution deal and you guys are getting, you know, beta feedback and, and customer early on consumer feedback. Are you, uh, what's like the game plan for the next year to, you know, two years for you guys? Like what's your go to market strategy look like now? Has that changed at all? Yeah, it doesn't really change. Um, kind of stays relatively on par with what we had. Want to continue to grow out the stores, uh, definitely grow out the Chicago market. 
it's a little bit better out in Chicago than it is Vegas in terms of COVID. Okay. Yeah. In terms of how the layout of the city works. Yeah. A lot more spread out where Chicago is a lot more dense and compact. So, you know, markets in Chicago, you know, we're doing, you know, much better than they were in Vegas because in Vegas, if you weren't driving to the strip or you weren't driving to work, you know, the gas station is so far and your, your office is even further from that. So there's no one going into the market, you know, if you're not getting gas, you're not going there to buy, you know, groceries. Whereas yeah. Chicago, you might live above a 7-Eleven or you might live above a market. Yeah, so it was definitely just learning the different landscapes and how that affects sales. Yeah, right. Good thing for us. I think we've really found a niche in gas stations. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we're really kind of going to double down on that, carve out the gas stations. When in-store demos come back, we'll, we'll get back in there and you know, start getting cannon hands. Right. We'll grow out Chicago in the markets. Throw, we're going to do a ton of uh, marketing campaigns that we haven't even been able to launch yet just because the timing. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll do our e-com strategy. Got it. Yeah, no, I love that. Are you, is your thought, and this, I think this is good for anyone who's interested in, in entrepreneurship and especially food and beverage. Are you, would a plan be for you guys to grow out an entire market and like learn all the ins and outs of like what works, what doesn't work in a Chicago before, like, for example, moving on to like a New York or another large city? Is that kind of the thought? Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that um, different products work better or worse in, in different markets. Mm-hmm. I really do think that we have a New York, LA product just from, you know, how it was kind of constructed and built with, you know, brand first. You know, I think in those cities, it's really fashion forward. Right. I think our brand kind of, you know, fits that. I think, you know, an interesting thing is part of the reason why I, I, I really thought about these beverages and, and the way that we did was I've, I've always felt that a beverage or what you eat or what you drink is says a lot about a person prior to meeting them, you know, Definitely. So drinking, you know, Perrier versus, you know, Arrowhead or Aquafina or, you know, wet versus Tropicana juice. I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, assumptions that I think what you put in your body or what you carry around, I think you can kind of get a sense of, in a way of like, you know, the choices that one makes. Definitely. Yeah. And I think in, in LA and, and New York, Chicago, big markets that push that, you know, fashion forward and, you know, healthier lifestyles and, and all that stuff. I, I think those are markets that are, that are really good for us. Uh, I think we have a very, also a beach city product. I think our product works well in you know, beach cities and the bright, vibrant colors and, you know, the healthy ingredients. I think it's pretty synonymous with um, that lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely, when I saw the product, when you sent it to me, I was thinking, I, I kept thinking like LA, Vegas, perfect. Uh, I was thinking like Miami, yeah. um, you know, New York, Chicago. I, yeah, I definitely think this could do really well in, in big cities. Um, I, I'd be really curious to know how, you know, e-commerce goes. I know that's something that obviously you just talked about in the, you know, in the coming months to year. Um, I know, I would imagine, and I've had, um, I've had the Jordan from Super Coffee on here and we chatted through, just, we didn't really hit on it a lot, but the one thing I think is interesting in beverage that like I, for example, don't deal with as much at RX is just that it's so expensive to ship beverages. Um, is that something that's, I don't know, is that something that you found to be a challenge just getting into beverage is just 
with logistics and shipping? Absolutely. Uh, this product to, to me is, is night and day from the cold press juice product. The cold press juice product I had to pack in, you know, with ice packs and styrofoam coolers and boxes. And you know, by the time you're done, this thing weighs, you know, 45 pounds. And right. <laughs> is, this, is, this is definitely going to, you know, hurt the pocket when it comes to shipping. Yeah. This product, when it's more shelf stable, you know, you don't have the day restriction. You don't have to do two day shipping. You can kind of, you know, if you're going to the East Coast or you're going somewhere further, until we have, you know, a pick and pack facility in, in different areas, right. it's going to be a logistical hurdle. But I, I think it's one that is definitely, can definitely defeat the hurdle and, and kind of find that sweet spot of price range. I mean, price range is kind of it. You know, you want to make sure that, in, in my head, I want to make sure that our price on the shelf, you know, coincides pretty closely with how much we are online. And I also want to make sure that our shippers have free shipping. So Got it. Yeah. Play with that and, and figure out the numbers. Yes. Shipping is definitely going to be pricey, but I, and I think once you get the co-pack or the pick and pack facility in different places, then you kind of minimize that, that issue. Right. But, but yeah, beverages are, are definitely an interesting um, product to ship. Right. Is that, and is that some of the, is that some of the benefit of partnering with a distribution partner is that part I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know the box that I sent you was uh, a bit of a mess up. Oh no, it was good. I, I was more making sure it was, you know, for you guys, no, you yes. know. But, but you know, that's a prime example of, you know, I saw the address was in Illinois and you know, we have a warehouse in Illinois. So, you know, that product can come from there and instead of me shipping and getting there in three days or two days, right. I, and get it you know same day or, or next day which is awesome yeah no that's really cool um i feel like that could be if anyone can figure out how to make that component of beverage industry cheaper you're going to be a wealthy person because I, I just every person i know in beverage always talks about that being like the biggest yeah issue and expense but yeah, it's interesting too because it also goes into like how you package them you know if you do a four pack versus a six pack or a 15 pack you know where it, it just the how you formulate and how you build it you know really affects the shipping you know if you right. ship 12 versus 15 you know you're you're minimizing the shipping rate by you know three more bottles but it, Got it, it. Doesn't, it doesn't really add much more weight it's there's there's a lot of interesting uh facets that go into it got it right <laughs> so we found that we're going to do a four pack trial like a sample pack one of each okay and then we'll also do a 12 pack of each skew. Got it. Oh, love it. Yeah. No, I think that's great for you guys. I mean, so I'll, for people listening, I think this will be helpful context too. Cause if you're not watching, you haven't seen what the product looks like, but it's really bright. Um, it's got, you know, I would say like, is it fair to say like they're all like fruity flavored bases, right? But there's zero sugar. So when you drink it, I mean, to me, it's like, like I said earlier, it very, it very much tastes like, honestly, the closest thing I've, I hadn't thought about, but buy the drink by is like that like reminds me of that but it tastes to me it tastes like cleaner and better right. and it's gluten-free it's vegan it's non-gmo it's kosher what i guess my question would be like when i look at this and then from talking to you i definitely get an understanding of like where you're headed do you what, what would you consider or tell people it's not really telling people i guess but more so like what do you consider like your biggest competitors on shelf and just like like because to me this product is just it's a lot different than other things i've seen and maybe that's part of it but who's like the major 
like per like brand next to you on shelf that it would say like people are either picking wet or this yeah i think in grocery store we we kind of <clears throat> there's not many competitors in the grocery store or in the in the gas station excuse me okay <clears throat> just kind of different products in the gas station than there are in the markets in the market i would say probably biggest competitors <clears throat> probably lemon perfect oh, okay yeah a great company yanni's building an amazing company they're growing like crazy right uh, i would say they're technically competitor um maybe dirty lemon and they had a great run and you know still yeah. still a great company um yeah may, maybe those two okay maybe any other water company i mean i i really think it's it's a unique water first taste but still has elements of like a juice or a you know, I think too, it's like we, we kind of got the functional aspect of cold pressed juice, but got the shelf, you know, shelf stability of, of a Hoffel product. Right. Yeah. It's a really good combo. And what, what would you tell people is like the, I mean, maybe there's not, is there a, like a specific use case for it? Cause like, I know I had it in the afternoon. I just had it in the morning. Yeah. You're drinking one right now. It's in the morning. Yeah. So when, when do you see people normally drink them? Yeah. I mean, that's also part of the reason why it kind of came about is, you know, at the end of the day, when I cleaned out my car, I have an orange juice in the morning. I, you know, I'd, I'd buy an orange juice from Tropicana, at the, you know, the gas station or grocery store. When I worked out, I'd grab a Gatorade. Mm-hmm. I, you know, needed to pick me up, I'd grab a Red Bull. And by the time I get out of my car, I've got, you know, I've hit every single, you know, moment of my day with a new product. Got so it. I, I should build a line that has all of those functions in one. And so, you know, for me, I start my day with the orange mango. It's got ginger and turmeric in it. You know, for me, that's a great day starter. It's kind of like, reminds me of like an orange juice. Yeah. The, the ginger and the turmeric have, you know, amazing benefits during the day. Like right now, I'll, I'll sip on, you know, just the hydration one. That one's more like a Gatorade or sports drink type. And then we've got a collagen drink. Right. I'll throw in as well, probably in the morning. So I usually go through the orange one and the, and the cucumber lime with collagen. And then we have a, a natural kind of like yerba mate which is our kind of like natural pick-me-up if you need a little bit of a boost. And that one's got uh, dragon fruit and yerba and hibiscus. Love it. Yeah. I think, I think they all kind of have their unique function. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you want hydration, just hydration, you know, the electrolytes is great. If you, you know, they all have um, you know, great hydration elements to them. And, and that's kind of how they were formulated. Love it. That's great. No, I, I would have to agree. Like it's definitely hearing you say all that. And I, you know, I've tried a bunch of them that you sent and uh, they all do have their own little components that make them perfect for different parts of the day, which is cool. Do you um, obviously there's now it's like testing and learning. I know, you know, you have, it's four SKUs, right? That you sent me the four. Yeah. So the four SKUs, um, what does like product expansion look like? And if there's anything you don't want to share in here, that's totally oh, fine. But just, just curious on like what the, what the thoughts are while you're trying to grow distribution, what new products might look like. Definitely. We have a, uh, our our next SKU will will probably be somewhere in the realm of activated charcoal, I believe. Oh, interesting. I don't know where we're at right now, but the net, that's kind of a little bit ways away. The the next probably quickest one that will be out, will will be out in the the market is just going to be an an e-com exclusive. Got it. Love that. I think that's kind of where we want to play in terms of uh, e-com. You know, there's a lot of products out there, a lot of brands, not in the CPG space 
that have, you know, cult-like followings on e-com. And I think that there's a place in the beverage and CPG for, for that type of, you know, um, attention. Sure. Oh yeah. You can do that through, you know, collaborations with, you know, outside of the CPG space. And I think that's an area that we really want to play is, is collaborations and, and kind of being, you know, that brand that can cross into different markets and, and and kind of build that, that lifestyle, you know, brand identity. Yeah. that's probably the next skew that will come out will be just an e-com exclusive with an inter-brand collaboration with another industry that we'll probably announce soon. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, those have done really well. I feel like in the COVID environment, especially, I think the, the collaborations and, you know, cross-branding things have been fantastic. No, this is awesome. Spencer, I think the product is great. I love it. I'm a big fan of it now. Um, sounds like you guys got, a lot ahead of you and it's exciting stuff um do you want to tell everybody where's like the i mean obviously it's new it's young where's the best place and it's obviously obviously also going to depend on the city but if people want to find it where's the best place to go or or learn more about you guys yeah i think uh you know the markets in chicago potash is probably uh the most well known in there and i think we're we're launching our site in about a week and a half oh cool so it'll be you know wetbeverages.com and you'll also be able to get us at drinkwet.com or on Instagram at, at drinkwet. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep chugging along and growing. Love it. No, I love it, man. And then the, the last question, I, well, actually, I got two more questions. I, I ask every guest on here. The, the, the second to last one is, um, you know, I, I believe as being an entrepreneur, there's like a million things going on all the time. Do you have any tips, tricks for other people who are either, you know, not necessarily entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs as well on, um, tools or like tips on um, uh, like planning your daily tasks. So like some people use, you know, notebook and paper. Some people are apps. Some people are just their phone. How do you like map out all the shit you got to get done? And then what do you focus on today? I got, I have two things actually. I think I actually just started using reminders on my phone. Okay. Just like the the Apple reminders app. The app reminders. Yeah. That was something that I had never really used before. I don't just used. I usually just have a small notebook. Um, it's, it's like a pocket notebook. Yeah. I've used that for, for years and I, I still carry that every day, but I also use this reminders app and it's, it's really been helping me. Gotcha. So what do you put on the reminders app? Like what's an example? So you know, this call, you know, how okay. I want to make sure that I prepared this morning before the call and I've got, you know, a couple phone calls after this and got a couple meetings and just kind of putting all that on there. If I have a good thought about like, Oh, we should do this on the, you know, on the, on the website, if I see something that I like, I'll throw that in my reminders, you know, got it. Okay. This time, you know, look back into this. It just, there's so many things throughout the day that you see and you're like, Oh, I want to implement that, but then right. you don't write it down or it just in that moment, you're doing something else. For me, I'm always, I always have my phones on me and uh, yeah, just throw in the reminders up now and it's, it's been, been working really well for me. Cool. Obvious. I mean, obviously uh, the phone on you thing, I know that's, that's something I always go back and forth to. I like, I do tons of different, I do like bullet journaling, other like notebook things. There's something about get on paper. I love, but at the end of the day, I always, I get, I'm get pissed at myself if I'm like somewhere without my notebook and I'm like, shit, I know there's like two things I needed to do that I can just get done with on my phone, like a phone call or something. Then when you don't have it, you're like, well, shit, that's the whole point. I should be able to like look at my phone and be like, oh shit, I need to call that person. Let me call him real quick. So I get that. That's cool. Um, and then this one, I think it's one of my favorite questions is just 
Um, if you have, do you have any like books, podcasts, or like sources of knowledge that you'd love to like tell friends and family? Absolutely. I think the, the best book that I've ever read is Cain and Abel by Jeffrey Archer. Never heard of that one. Great book. My father actually gave it to me when I graduated high school. Okay. And when I kind of wanted to get into business, he was like, this is, this is kind of the book that I recommend for you. And it was just, it's a great book about the tale of, of two different, the same, same people born on the same day, just different sides of the world. Oh. Kind of goes through their journey on, on how they, you know, found themselves and, and built themselves up and got to where they are today. Love it. Oh, that's really cool. All right. I will add that to the show notes so that everyone can find that one. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Spencer. This was really fun. I hope, uh, I hope everyone at home checks out wet beverages and uh, pump for you guys. I think you're in an awesome spot and uh, you got a lot of fun stuff ahead of you. So Appreciate good that. luck. Thanks so much. Shane. Yeah. Let's stay in touch. We'd love to do it again sometime when you guys are, you know, as, as things continue to grow and evolve, we should stay in touch and uh, be fun to, you know, have you on again when there's some big thing to share out. Absolutely. It'd be great cool. to kind of, watch the growth of this company and kind of document it through the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for the time today, Spencer, and um, have a great day. Appreciate it. Awesome. See ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. I just wanted to follow up with a few quick links. Uh, first of all, I have everything for Wet Beverages in the show notes. Uh, Spencer's Instagram handle, Wet Beverages Instagram handle, so you can start to follow him and the company's journey, as well as a link to the book that Spencer uh, recommended to Amazon. So check all that out. As always, we also have a link to Robinhood. If today in this episode is the first time you're hearing this, Robinhood is the platform that I use for all of my investing. And if you would like to get started, you can click the link in the show notes and you'll actually get a free stock by signing up for Robinhood. So if you'd like to get started, that's the place to do it. The next link is the COVID stock market rebound tracker, which is just my way of sharing with all of you for free uh, the stocks and companies that I am looking to invest in right now. So between Robinhood and that stock market rebound tracker, they're two great resources um, for someone who's new in the investing game or someone who just wants a fresh idea or uh, new you know, companies to look at. So follow those. And then as I mentioned before, the last link, RxBar, uh, they are a proud component of this podcast now. And if you would like to check out RxBar, uh, you can follow the link in the show notes. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back with a new episode soon. All right. Have a good day.